Welcome to Casual Talk Radio Podcast found at casualtalkradio.net. My name is Leister, I'm your host. Thank you for dialing in today, whether you're an existing subscriber or a new listener. We welcome everybody. Got a couple things to get out of the way first, and then we're going to get right into our topic for today. Casualtalkradio.net. That's our website. Check it out for all of our different podcast episodes, past and present. We're constantly making updates. We're refining the website experience. If you have any feedback, we'd appreciate hearing it. You can hit the contact link at the top, fill out the form, come straight to us. You can also leave us a voice message if you want to leave your thoughts on audio, and it may be played on the air. Who knows? Let's go ahead and get into our topic for today. In terms of personal updates, I want to share this. It has to do with Casual Talk Radio, though. If you didn't notice, um, we did start loading videos onto YouTube. These are more educational. They're stories, but they're more educational or informative. They're really um, in response to things we saw. There are two up there right now. One that was trying to get in before the election, and it looks like we missed it. And then one that's more about computer science. So if you're interested in kind of a different take on what we do, feel free to check out our YouTube channel. We will be having the YouTube links loaded on casualtalkradio.net under a new section that we're building out. So for now, you can find us at Casual Talk Radio on YouTube. If you're curious to check those out, they're about 20, 30 minutes long each. Plan is to have one of those uploaded every week, but it depends on the topic matter. There may or may not be a topic, but as I think of topics that I think are helpful or beneficial to people, I'm going to go ahead and load those because I do believe that there's a, a need, a need for verifiable and quality information sharing. We try to do that on the podcast as well, but we know that there's an audience possibly on the YouTube channel. We want to make sure that we know we do not neglect that core audience that's out there. Without uh, going into too much detail about my endeavors, I'll give you a high level. First endeavor, we got some, I'll say not scary, but a little bit shocking information about the platform. And I'm going to be at the front of it. They're pretty much relying on me at this point to help them on the next step. So it's fortunate that they found me when they did because they're pretty much being forced to do it as of June of next year. And I'm the one that has the experience doing it. I think it's a good thing long-term, but there's a lot that has to happen to make it succeed. And I have to impart that upon them. Second endeavor, at this point, it might as well be a free check because I've made myself available. Um, they have not leveraged my services heavily, but it's like a free check because I'm there. I'm ready, ready to go. So I am going to try to see if I can get myself more involved because I don't want to sit back and it's not like it's they're not engaging at all. I just think that I'm underutilized, I guess is the best word. And I want them to get the, the bang for their buck. And they're just there's just things inside of the organization that are really inefficient. And I believe that's not, you know, it's not, personal or anything. It's just the way they work. And I'm, I'm going to try to push a little bit more, but as it stands, money situations are the good spot, reasonably good spot. You know, I got enough money in the bank. I don't have to worry about living <laughs> expenses anymore. So that's always good, but I don't have yet enough. I will, but I don't have yet enough to actually move. However, at the current rate and frequency that I get paid, I'm pretty much at this point, I would say probably halfway to comfort in uprooting and moving, getting the heck out of Nevada. And yes, that is still a motivating factor for my work is to get the heck out of Nevada, especially because unfortunately, uh, Adam Laxalt did lose. If you didn't notice the elections, he lost. And while Adam Laxalt was not a perfect candidate, he certainly would have 
I think incited some change in Nevada and the scope. And unfortunately, as I've said to many people, Nevada is filled with people that it's basically East California at this point, and that's not where I want to be. So I've kind of come to the realization I really need to be past the Rockies. I need to be over on the other side and kind of just reset, reset, rethink it, get to a different groove and, and figure stuff out and hopefully get to a place that's significantly cheaper than where I'm at. And then, of course, uh, start the mission of, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to have to buy. I, I don't think a renting is going to work because the 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 programs just don't work. They're They're stuck in an old time. That's not going to work. I'm not a kid and they're not going to treat me like one. That means I'll just have to buy a home again. And I didn't really want to, but it seems like now's the time. Then I just have to watch out for things like, you know, making sure that it's got everything I'm going to need as far as high speed internet, et cetera. So I can continue to serve my podcast folks out there without further ado, let's go ahead and get into our topic for today. And I do have a very intriguing topic for today. Some people out there are probably watching the stock market feeling really down, feeling really beat up, not feeling optimistic for the future. And I share that and I understand it and I do not begrudge you for that feeling. It's a very difficult time. I did say over on Crypto Talk Radio, our sister podcast, that if we didn't get the blowout in November, that the stock market would suffer, crypto would suffer, primarily because we know that the people in office right now simply do not want financial independence and financial freedom. Many of the people in office right now and many of the other people that are out there, what they're trying to do is they're trying to listen to social media voices predominantly. Elon Musk has helped a little bit in, in the sense that a lot of those voices are a little bit quieter. We're not seeing them dominate the conversation. That's a good thing. I know some people feel like we should do this and we should do that. And nobody disagrees that we should do something about things like the economy, about things like the climate, about things like CO2 in the air and whatever it is that people are specifically resonating with. Obviously people feel as though these are serious things and we do have concerns about things like the war. We do have concerns about things like reliance on fossil fuels, etc. However, I do believe that the vast majority of the country really does want a strong economy. I believe this. I believe that everybody's affected by it. And as a result, even if they don't realize it, it is truly the number one priority for the country. The idea that people should be able to easily get a job. I'm not suggesting that they should easily make major amounts of money. I'm suggesting that everybody should be able to easily get a job. No, it's not true that you can easily get a job today. That might be the myth. It's not the truth. Yes, it's true that it's somewhat easy to get into fast food or something else. However, it's not greatly easy. And as we saw recently, there were a number of layoffs that happened in the tech sector. So if you're the kind of person who has worked in technology for, you know, three or four or five years, let's say, and you're trying to build up a good resume and you end that, quote, dream job at a Facebook or something else, you're not feeling very good because you got cut, possibly. And it's usually seniority-based, stack-rank-based, right? So I don't believe and never will believe that it's fair to tell those people they should just go and flip burgers because that's a job that's available. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. Many of these companies actually do discriminate against you if you'd never worked in the sector before. Because as I've said on what used to be my LinkedIn profile and on the podcast in numerous occasions, many of these companies do not want to mentor people. They don't want to train people. They don't want people to get the information internal that would allow them to be able to do the job most effectively for the company. Many of these companies want them to come in, hit the ground running with experience off the jump. 
I was looking the other day because I was curious on my own about possibly getting into franchising. And you're wondering, well, why would you get into franchising if you already got two endeavors? And the truth is, I'm always looking for that opportunity to do something more than what I did before. That's just how I am. And franchising to me is a great turnkey side thing, but it also gives me a different skill set. It gives me a different look, a different interest, something unique, something new, something diverse, and get to meet different types of people, et cetera. And I've always wanted to have kind of that, you know, that diner, that little mom and pop diner off to the side that people always frequent. You get the same kind of customers. It's not really big wig. It kind of show how breakfast is supposed to be made because quite frankly, and I'm diverting a little bit, but I'll just tell the story. It seems like many of these restaurants don't understand, like, for example, how scrambled eggs are supposed to work. I'm going to tell that story, and then I'll get back to what I'm talking about here. So scrambled eggs, what you're supposed to do is you take your eggs, and when I say eggs, I mean eggs, not egg beaters, not egg whites. I'm talking eggs. You take the real eggs from the chicken, crack the eggs, and you put them in some sort of a container. Take a whisk, usually, but it could be a fork, but some sort of whisk, and you whisk it until it's a nice, consistent yellow. Then you drop it into a skillet, and as it's cooking, you're supposed to use your, you know, your spatula, and you're supposed to agitate it to where it fluffs and does the thing. What I see happen all too often is that they'll basically create a fried egg, and you can tell it's a fried egg, so they basically just crack the egg into the skillet, and then they'll chop it up. So it's basically a fried egg chopped up. That's not scrambled eggs. Might be country scrambled eggs. It's not real scrambled eggs. I'm talking real scrambled eggs. As a result, it's always sketchy if I decide to order from a restaurant because I can never count on them to do it right. I know IHOP will do it right. I know Denny's will do it right. However, Denny's is incompetent, so I don't order from them. IHOP is slow. I can do it myself, and I do it myself on, you know, Monday through Friday. Usually on the weekend, I'll order from a restaurant, and I like to pick and change different restaurants. So I can try different restaurants out here, and unfortunate truth is that the vast majority of them don't understand scrambled eggs. So this inspired me to simply set up my own diner so I could show people how it's done, how real breakfast is done. The idea of having a plate where it's nothing but eggs and bacon and toast and orange juice and coffee, uh, you know, real breakfast. I understand that there are some people in some countries where they, or some, you know, states where they like the nasty grits and all this garbage. And I, I wanted to help people bring, bring people back a real breakfast, you know, your eggs, your bacon, orange juice, coffee, toast, maybe some fruit. Sure. I'll even buy avocado. Real breakfast. I'm talking, let's get rid of the garbage, like the grits and stuff. Let's get rid of back, back to real breakfast, right? So this was my inspiration. And I said, let me just think about franchising and starting up a diner. And this has always been something in the back of my mind. Well, come to find out that to get into franchising, they want you to already have experience in restaurants, which I think is stupid. I understand their motivation. I simply think it's stupid because at the end of the day, Running a business is running a business is running a business. Does it help to have core knowledge in that skill? Yes, but I believe it can be learned. I believe you can learn it as you go. And when you're talking about a franchise of an existing business, there's not really much you need to learn above and beyond what you might have already learned as a customer of said franchise business, right? So when I found out that, yes, they want you to have already come in with this experience, it kind of frustrated me to the point that I said, okay, I'm not going to go into the franchising, at least not right now till I can find one that's not that's not coming with these stupid requirements. It's very similar to full-time. So franchise frustrated me because I said, you guys are basically treated like full-time employee where you're trying to tell me what I can do and can't do with what's essentially my business where I'm putting my, money up, my own money up and it wasn't going to work, right? So fast forward. Now, the reason that I'm telling you this is that 
everybody ultimately has a niche. Everybody has something that they are good at. Everybody has something they like to do. Everybody has something that fits their skill set. And I believe that you should be allowed to work within your skills and your competencies, and you should be allowed to thrive within those. Unfortunate truth is that many businesses today do not want you to individually thrive. They want to treat you like androids slash slaves who just come to work and follow orders like a good little person and collect a check that's not really that good. I am simply of a different breed where I don't accept being dictated to regardless of whether it's full-time or not. As I told a story about my what used to be my third endeavor and me telling them to kick rocks because they were imposing things that were a violation of my personal time and space. And my call to action to people was always, and people that worked with me, with me, no, don't allow anybody to disrespect you or disrespect your personal time or space. Your personal time and space is yours. You are entitled to it. It is your right to have it. And if you just take it and tolerate it, you're not going to give your all to the company. Well, People who say, you know, hey, you're getting cut by Facebook or cut by Microsoft or cut by whoever should just go and flip burgers. I don't think you understand. Everybody should have the right to work within their niche and they have the right not to be mistreated by a company. Now, if they're a slacker at their company, that's a different thing. What I would tell those people, and you know, if you're a slacker, trust me, you know, if you just were slacking off, you probably know the reason you got cut. You can pretend like you didn't. Chances are, you know, the reason you got cut to those people, I would say you know why you probably got cut. Think it through and you'll probably come up with a really good reason of why you got cut. At the end of the day, you probably got cut because you were not doing what you should have been doing because you didn't feel like you had to do it because nobody told you to do it. Okay, I would argue that you can try to find a company that fits that where they can let you laze around, but ultimately you're going to be on the chopping block no matter what. Or you can try to find a company that'll let you bleed them dry and provide no substantive benefit to them. That's your prerogative. What I'd rather see everybody do, at least those listening to my show is if you're going to go to work, throw your all in it, try to be the star purposely. So without having to be told to be so, and if your company doesn't let you thrive like that, maybe they're not worth your time. If you happen to get laid off and you know that you were a superstar, then I would flip it. And if anybody tells you it's easy to get another job, you can tell them to kick rocks or kiss something that doesn't shine. Don't accept that. Don't tolerate it because we all know that it's not easy to get into the work. It's not easy to get into good quality work. It's not easy to keep up with the cost of living. It's not easy to keep up with the grind. So you created your niche. You created what is good for you and what works for you and what makes sense to you. And nobody should try to dictate to you that you were wrong or had the wrong impression wrong answer you should be able to do what you feel is good for you and your situation and you also have things you got to take care of bills family etc so in summary my whole thing today was dealing with and hearing about people who were getting laid off okay and i i'm pretty sure that there are reasons they got laid off that have nothing to do with being unfair usually what happens in the layoff situation i know because I was exposed to it, at least at one point. I've never been laid off from a company, but I've been exposed to layoffs. And usually what happens is people who take excessive time off, and the word excessive is subjective. Yes, it is. People who are disruptors. By disruptors, I mean that, you know, they yell or they're dismissive or they're rude or something else that's happened. People who don't, we don't believe that they're delivering quality output. People who are dead weight, essentially. 
These are people where they're going to be on the chopping block. Whether you realize it or not, you're going to be put on the chopping block. Even the time off, quote, excessive time off. You'll be put on the chopping block. You don't know that, but you are. I know this because at the one company I can think of, they literally laid, we had 700 people at the peak. They laid off all but like 100 people and multiple rounds of layoffs. And there was a point where I was begging to be laid off. I was begging them to lay me off because I didn't want to be there. And I knew the, the windfall they were giving people to get to, to leave. It was a lot. It was like a year's worth of salary, some crazy number. And for me, that would have been a really good amount of money. So I was begging to get laid off. They wouldn't lay me off. They laid off every freaking body else. There was somebody else in the company, and I'm not going to drop no names, but it was rumored that this person was, let's say, uh, affectionate with someone else who was in authority who maneuvered to get them laid off to get the payoff. I, I ain't one to gossip, so you ain't heard that from me. But the point is, I did everything I could to get laid off. After three rounds, they refused to lay me off. I ultimately had to quit because it wasn't going to work, and I was getting emotionally bothered. And then I moved on to bigger, better things, and then I was able to grow and develop and get better at my craft. And it's the same craft I talk about. But that's because I chose it as a niche. Eventually, as I went to different companies, I developed more skills working in different companies, skills like role-based security, skills like architecture, servers, network, databases, dot, .NET code, et cetera. That are all different. They're not tied to my endeavor, but they are complementary to it. So now I have a well-rounded set of skills that I can use to contribute to companies. But the problem is that many companies are looking and they'll tell you they're looking for this jack-of-all-trades kind of person and then they underpay that role. Or they say they're looking for a code developer and then they force you to go through stupid whiteboard exercises. Listen, I like whiteboard exercises, not for a code developer, it's stupid. But if it's for business analysis, sure. Business process, sure. Data mapping, sure. Not for a code developer, it's stupid. So no, I'm not gonna do that. Or the education requirements are out of whack and they don't match the position. Case in point, I was able to get as far as I got. And I'm talking financially, I'm talking in terms of job and skill, Without ever talking, stepping, well, I went to college classes, but without completing college, I should say. And I got as far as I needed. I'm, I was six figures before I completed college, simply because I had the skills and I could prove it. All I needed was the chance. Many companies now refuse to get the chance. So it's harder for people to get in that front door because you don't have the opportunity to show that you're able to do things like you could back, you know, in the early 2000s when I was able to do it. So my summary thoughts for everybody to really process and think about is it sounds good to tell these people that were laid off that they should just go and flip burgers because, you know, McDonald's is hiring or UPS is hiring, or USPS is hiring, and that's fine. Some people are probably okay going to those jobs. I know a, a friend of mine, he worked at Sony, and he was fine working at Sony. He liked it, but ultimately he had to go on to bigger, better things. But I know that he would not hesitate to go back to Sony if it made sense for him. Even though it was low-level work, it was something he was okay doing. That's not going to work for everybody. And then we should not impose it upon everybody. Everybody has their own different skill and tolerance and things that they want to do. And they should feel if they really want to emphatically put their foot down that they want to just do their niche, let them. That said, and I have a friend that was like this, if it's the same type of work and you refuse it, well, that gets kind of sketchy. In his case, he drove buses. Great. He gets laid off because it's a, you know, it's a government type job, quote unquote, Great, and then I try to get him another job that's basically driving buses. It's just not for the city, but you're still driving a bus, and he wouldn't do it because he only wanted that job. Well, you can't be picky when you get laid off if it's the same type of work. 
Because the truth is you could do the same type of work over here, build up more skills, get good at it, and then maybe this other one will open back up again. You can go back over there and play the game that way. So for those, if anybody that's listened to me was one that was laid off, my advice to you would be, don't worry about it. Go to something else that's doing something close with your skill set so you can keep the skills fresh. Keep learning new things. Keep developing. Keep growing. Keep building. Keep getting better at your craft because eventually you might be able to get back in there if that's what you want to do. I would counter, though, if the company is one that had a terrible culture and you know if it had a terrible culture, question whether or not it makes sense to go back in there. If you're just going back in there because of the check, that's your prerogative. I would recommend going back in there because it makes sense for you emotionally, physically healthy, staying up to the point where you're not going to, you know, be sane after you leave it. I don't think that's the right answer. It's still your prerogative, but I don't think that's good for you long-term. So you got to make your own decision, but everybody else, let people do what they're going to do, whatever they choose to do, however they choose to do it everybody's going to have a different opinion about what makes sense for them. And we should respect it and not criticize it because ultimately when you start trampling on other people's desires and visions and paths, all you're doing is creating this animus between groups and pissing people off to boot. So, you know, it's just let people walk their own path and let people sometimes make their own mistakes and stumble on their own. You can tell them or recommend them something, but if they choose not to take it, be okay with that. It's fine. As long as everybody's making their own informed decisions, I think we're in a good place and realize that everything will get better, but it's not going to be in the short term because unfortunately, the kind of people that we have in office are not focusing on the economy. They're focusing on everything else. They're focusing on the social media voices. The people who scream the loudest on social media are the unemployable. (laughs) So it's the truth, whatever you think. So they're going to unfortunately get the lion's share of the attention. And there's nothing we can do about it because the voters have spoken. All you can do if you're one of those that's concerned about it and concerned about the economy is to simply focus on yourself, focus on your family, do the best you can to keep a roof over your head, keep food on your table, and accept that this is our reality at least till 2024. And then we have to see if voters make the right decision for the right reasons. That's all we've got here today on Casual Talk Radio, Gentleman's World. Hopefully it's been informational, educational, and helpful for you. We upload every Monday and Wednesday, so we'll be back for our next episode. Whether you're a subscriber or not, we appreciate you for dialing in today. We know you've got choices. We will be turning back on our guest cadence. We are doing the screening process that's coming very soon. Keep up to date with what we're doing at casualtalkradio.net. You can also subscribe at the bottom to get alerts whenever there's a new episode posted, or you can add it to your platform of choice. For now, take care and I will see you on our next upload.